I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay, that's part of the deal. It's how I respond to it. This is, well, actually, I don't know what podcast this is at the moment because we are changing things up. This was the Limitless Athlete podcast, but right now this could be one of many, many podcast names. Maybe you know, dear future listener, but we are rebranding and we are making this a bit more generally applicable. So if you're a high performer of any kind, if you are a high performer more specifically who is frustrated with maybe the lack of performance when it counts, they are not committing to the best version themselves properly. This is for you and podcast title to be announced. But today I am going to be covering four high ROI, so high return investment alternatives to mindfulness for high performers. Because, well, if you're listening to this or if you haven't switched off yet, you're probably a high performer in some ways. And because of that, you'll have come across mindfulness at some point in your journey. It's heralded or heralded as this kind of savior of the ambitious, success-seeking, just crusher who finds themselves like, well, wheel spinning, um, undisciplined, and to be honest, like too mediocre for their own liking. Like if you're in that position, you've heard of mindfulness, you've had its virtues kind of shouted at you from everyone from like CEO kind of of high performing companies to athletes that you follow, you've got to be more mindful. When you are more mindful, you will be able to focus more, you'll stop those habits that you're actually a bit ashamed of, and you'll effortlessly cruise towards success for you. Yeah, in my experience working with a lot of high performers, mostly in the CrossFit world, but actually sneakily I've been working with, um, well, let's just say non-sporting high performers for now until that becomes clearer. In my experience working with that population, you've tried the meditation apps, you've tried the retreats even, and they've all promised you this mindfulness mastery and in doing so, the, your highest dreams at the same time but i hear time 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 again i've tried all the apps but i still get distracted i fall into a good pattern for a couple of weeks but then i screw it up so in this podcast i'm going to explain well four alternatives to mindfulness that in my experience will translate translate to way better performance and actually kind of work which i think is probably the the main thing you're here for so firstly finding your edge you want to dance on the border between chaos and order. You want to find your current capacity and lean just beyond that. That's when you're most engaged. That's when the, you're the best version of you. That's when you're, you have access to the full arsenal of your abilities. Because the truth is you're not seeking mindfulness. Let's put that aside. You're only seeking mindfulness as a means to an end. What you're actually seeking is an engagement with the present moment. You're seeking challenge and you're seeking this kind of duel with the unknown, this dance with the unknown. 
that's when you feel most alive. And being mindful, what that does is it, well, it makes you more aware, more mindful of what you're already experiencing. If you're experiencing distraction and boredom, then you're just more aware of the fact you're experiencing distraction and boredom. What you want is the edge. You want to be dancing on that knife blade of risk. You want to be pushing beyond. That's when you're going to be most engaged, and that's when you're going to be performing your best. You want to find your current edge and lean into it. So that's step number one. Step number two, I couldn't think of a more eloquent uh, way to say this, but quit treating your body like shit. You're a high performer. The equivalent is you wouldn't expect an elite athlete to train all day, work really hard, and then eat crap, not sleep, um, wake up every morning feeling under-recovered, um, over-caffeinate, be mouth-breathing all their, all their life, and just kind of stressed out and highly strung. Like, your body doesn't exist outside of its relationship to your mind, and your mind doesn't exist outside of its relationship to your body. They're intertwined, they're interconnected, they're two parts of the same system. They're not neighbours. They are roommates. They're actually conjoined twins is what they are. They're sharing the same resources. They're feeding into each other. That's what you need to be realizing is the relationship between your mind and your body. You have to treat your body better if you're going to get the mental clarity that you want. If you smash 10 coffees in eight hours, then you're going to be distracted, right? That's your job. Like your your job here to become clearer thinking, have higher mental acuity is to quit treating your body like shit, nourish it, serve it, look after it, and it will serve you in mental performance. Third, make the correct sacrifice. When you sacrifice your immaturity, your incompetence, your comfort, your desire for instant gratification, you will succeed. You will grow and you'll become more present because you've got something on the line. You've given up something that you valued and that was worthwhile to you. And if it doesn't pain you to give that thing up, then it's not a worthy sacrifice. Like If you look at any philosophy, any religion worth its salt that's stuck around, let's say, then it's going to have a degree of sacrifice in that. You've got to give something up. And the ultimate sacrifice that you can make is your immaturity and it's your undeveloped parts of you. So to become more present, more aware, more focused, more engaged in this pursuit of growth, you've got to make the correct sacrifice. And that is unfortunately the bits of you that you're clinging onto. There's this death and rebirth cycle that is strung throughout mythology and every movie that you see and every religion too and every philosophy. And that's what we've got to embrace, the fact that we're constantly killing off the immature part of us and growing through those flames. Finally, create a breathwork practice. Like this is as close to mindfulness as I was kind of willing to get with this. There's actually, you know, there's some apps that I really love and I actually prescribe some apps to my athletes, but only when they actually need it. And actually the way into it for most people, the way that gets higher return on investment for time and energy, because it's a lot of 
effort to learn how to meditate correctly is to access the breath. The breath is both an indicator of your mental state, but also a modulator. So what I mean by that is it tells you what's happening with your mental state. If I'm like shallow breathing and breathing through my mouth the whole time, I or talking like I'm doing on this podcast right now, I'm going to be mouth breathing. I'm going to be shallow with my breath, which is kind of what I just said. But it's going to put me in this high alert state. It's going to make me highly aroused with all the euphemism that involves. Well, actually, without the euphemism that involves, obviously. <laughs> and what that does is it's going to make me distracted. It's going to make me look for new stimuli. It's going to make me kind of unfocused. Whereas if I can modulate my breath effectively and I know how to control it and to work it in the tools that work for me, I can massively affect the way I feel and perform right now in whatever matters to me. So three resources. Actually, I'm going to throw in a fourth, which is kind of on the cusp at the moment um, because I haven't finished it and it started off brilliantly, but it made me crap. We'll find out. I don't think it will be. Um, but first one is the physiological sigh, which has been made popular by Andrew Huberman. Get on YouTube, search for physiological sigh, Andrew Huberman, and you'll find it. Um, State, the breathwork app, I really like. Um, I think it's still Brian McKenzie who's involved in that, although he was definitely the first person to point it out to me. But State, the app is very, very, I think it was, it's called State Shift Breathwork app or something like that. Um, check that out. It's a really nice guided app on how to use that. And then um, I'm never, like, even though I know Casper quite well, I'm never sure how to pronounce his surname. Casper van der Meulen, I think. Sorry, Casper. Um, if you get on Instagram, search for the Breathwork Biohacker. Um, Biohacker. He has some sweet tools and videos that you can breathe along with, where he is playing his handpan in the most glorious way, and you can breathe in and inhale and exhale. And I would play it now, but that's not what this podcast is for. But check it out. And also the fourth one, which you may be able to see just behind me here, because I'm actively reading it, and that's where I read my books, is. Um, the is Body by Breath by Jill Miller, and it's fantastic resource so far. So far, sorry, and I will let you know how I get on with that. But it's a it's a deep dive, a textbook deep dive into breathwork and everything that entails. So, hope you enjoyed this. Hope you enjoyed the podcast that has no name currently, the ambiguous podcast. And um, I will be back soon for another episode of this podcast. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Instagram. Tom Foxley at Tom Foxley, F-O-X-L-E-Y. And I'll be back next week for another episode. 